0: you. It's encouraging. It's inspiring. And you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Well, hey, good morning, City Church. Uh, My name is Bryson. Uh, If you did not guess, my name is not Drake. I'm not the pastor here. I don't have a mustache. I don't have a sleeve tattoo. And uh, I'm not going to hold my iPad this morning, right? And so, uh, no, I was just telling Daniel earlier, I was like, when we came here a few weeks ago, if you guys uh, remember, I had never seen anyone hold their iPad the entire time, and I was like, that's cool, and I could never do it. So uh, kudos to him for that. So um, but like I said, my name is Bryson McGuire. Uh, city Church Boulder is one of our church partners. Uh, we are here to plant a church in the city of Denver. And uh, so join with me this morning. I have my wife. Uh, her name is Sarah, and we have some friends and team members joining us this morning as well. And uh, so we're just honored and thankful to be here with you guys today. Very thankful to Drake uh, for the opportunity just to uh, be here, to be a part of your church this morning and what God's doing here in City Church Boulder. I heard just um, some amazing things about your serve day uh, last week, just the impact that it made in this community. And so um, I know this is a church that is generous, that cares about the gospel. And uh, and that just loves people and just wants people to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so I'm honored uh, to be here with you guys this morning. And so I get the privilege of wrapping up the generosity series that uh, has been going on for the past few weeks. And I know that when it comes to the subject of money, sometimes that can be uncomfortable for some people. And some people are like, I've heard this a thousand times. Um, You know, you probably have nothing new to say. And what I want to do this morning is really talk a little bit less about just money, right? Because generosity, you can be generous with your time, you can be generous with your resources, with the material possessions you have, and yes, your money. And so um, I want us to think in that context today. And I, what I want to really do is come in, as you guys have talked about how to be generous, what the Bible says about generosity, is really start looking towards the future and casting vision from what, what the Word of God says about how you cannot just be generous today, but the impact that generosity can make. Years to come, and so if you guys have a Bible, you can turn to Second Corinthians chapter nine. If not, it's going to be up on the screens um, as well. And so we're going to talk this morning about this idea of immeasurable generosity. That's my that's my message this morning is immeasurable generosity. So I ask a lot of rhetorical questions, just so you guys know. Um, so when I ask a question, if you want to give an answer, that's okay but I probably won't respond to it. So just heads up, heads up on that one. Not trying to be rude. That's just not how I roll. Um, but how many of us know that things in life happen by default or by design? Things in life happen by default or by design. That, that means that everything in our life, from our, our jobs, our marriage, our family, our income, um, what we do with our time, everything happens by default or by design. We either just let these things happen or we intentionally create things that are meaningful, that give life, that give purpose, that give joy. And one of those things that, if we're honest, money is one of those things that oftentimes happens by default or by design. And by design, I'm talking about um, the B word, right? Not, not that B word, right? Budget, right? We're talking about the budget, okay? Some of, I had to specify that for just a second because I saw some faces. But we're talking about budgeting, we're talking about how we want to be good stewards of the money that we have, the resources, the time that we have so that it can make a kingdom impact. So I don't know about you guys. How many of you, you guys, you can, you can actually raise your hand on this one. How many of you guys have ever made a purchase that was bad, dumb, you regret anything like that? Okay. All right. Praise God. I thought I was going to be alone for, for just a second. So when I first got into college, I had never had money before, right? I just, uh, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So I wasn't the kid that got, you know, $100 a week and allowance money, anything like that. So I get into college and I get my very first job, which I'll tell you guys about in just a little bit, and I start to make money. Now, it wasn't a lot of money. It wasn't a mind-blowing amount of money, but I didn't have any bills. I didn't have any responsibilities. So I went out and I just lived my best life. I was going everywhere. I was doing everything. Like, I would go out with my friends. We'd go to a movie, and I'd be like, oh, I got this. And they'd be like, bro, that's like 50 bucks. And I'm like, yeah, I got this. And because uh, I just had all the money in the world, right? I had everything available to me. I lived very, very recklessly. And so fast forward a few years. Uh, my wife and I are married at this point, And we have a lot of debt. Anyone ever heard of this thing called a, called a student loan, Right. And this was before apparently student loans were being forgiven. So um, I actually had to pay back all of my student loans. And we had a car payment and we had all these different things. And I just remember one day, I'm like, man, that's a lot of money that's going to somebody else. And I just I started looking up some stuff online and started kind of exploring this. And I looked at my wife one day and I was like, we're gonna pay off all of our debt. And she's like, okay, that sounds great. Probably not gonna happen. And I was like, no, we are going to do it. So we got intentional with our money. We got a budget, right? It wasn't fun, but we did it. Uh, we got serious about paying off debt. We paid off over $40,000 in 18 months. Let me tell you what, we did not eat out. We did not do a lot of fun things. We ate a lot of spaghetti uh, during that time because spaghetti is cheap and it goes a very long way. But we did all of those things. And I remember having a conversation with Sarah at one point. Because we were struggling, right? Like we're not going out with our friends. Uh, we're not going out to eat, we're not, we're not doing all these crazy things. And I was like, you know what we need? Is we need a vision for our money. So I was like, imagine this. If we didn't have debt, you know, we could we could go on fancy vacations, I don't know, just things like that. Right? We could buy another car, we could do this, that, and the other, right, without having to take on more debt. We had to cast that vision of what we wanted for our money and here's my here's my point in saying that that money and resources right generosity all of these different things happens by default or happens by design right you're never going to just intention or like accidentally stumble into generosity right it's something that we have to be intentional about and god has a vision and God lays out this vision. It's in his word. And so it doesn't matter what you earn, what you have. What matters is, is are we going to take what God has given us and turn it around for his glory, for his for our joy, and for our purpose? And so in 2nd Corinthians chapter 9, Paul is writing this letter. And in this letter, what Paul is sharing is actually this church that's being generous. And he, he wants to give them just a little teaching point. And so I'm going to read. So how I kind of preach is I read a verse and then I talk about it, read another verse, talk about it. So um, a little bit different. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 should be up on the screen. It says this. It says, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. So there's a few takeaways this morning. One of those takeaways is this, is you get back what you put in, right? Scripture teaches this, you get back what you put in. If you've ever heard the saying before, you reap what you sow, that's where this comes from, is this passage right here. And so hear me well, right? God is not an investment broker right god is not a, a, like a slot machine where you put in a quarter and maybe you'll get back $10,000 right that's not that's not what we're talking about but what the bible teaches here is when you give generously when you give generously you will receive generously and it may not always be financially right if you've ever heard some of these people on television right don't watch some of these people they they're crazy But you got these guys in these suits and they'll be like, if you give a dollar, you will get 70 blessings back. And I'm like, I don't know about that. But the Bible does teach right here. The Bible does teach that when you, when you, when you, wow, words are hard. Sorry. That when you plant, right, generously, you will receive a generous crop. When you give generously, the Bible says you will receive generously now again that doesn't mean for every dollar i give i expect 10 back from the lord right god blesses in ways that are not always materialistic and yet at the same time we have to recognize that what was he what was he saying here so we have to realize that in this time in this culture farming was not like a hobby right like these aren't backyard gardens that people had because they wanted fresh organic produce, right? Like this wasn't like anything, like this was many people's careers. And there's still people today who farm, but, but that's not something that we super prioritize today. And so what they would have understood is this. If this is my livelihood, that for people like farming, that this is how they live. And not just how they live but how other people live. Could you imagine for just a second if farmers just across America just quit? They just said, nah, I'm done. I give up. I'm just gonna plant enough food for my family and we're good. How many of us would be running to Home Depot, right, to like start our own backyard garden, right? How many of us would be freaking out because we're like, where are we gonna eat? What are we gonna do? All of these different things. So it wasn't just their livelihood, but it was the livelihood of those around them. It was what they needed to live. And Paul says right here in 2 Corinthians that a farmer who plants a little is going to get a little. They're going to get some crop. They're going to get something, but it's not going to be that much. But the one who plants generously will receive generously. Here's, here's the takeaway of this. In every area of your life, in every area of Of your life there is a return on your investment if you want to be the best at something you're gonna spend time doing it you're gonna spend resources investing into it you're gonna learn from other people you're gonna seek those things you're gonna you're gonna think about it so much that you dream about it right because it's just on your mind and yet so often we don't apply that same idea to the things of, of God's Word To what he says in scripture. And so if you give a little, you'll get a little. If you give generously, you'll see a generous return. So what could that look like, right? Because you're like, okay, hold on. I get it. Like if I get a dollar, I'm maybe not getting 70, $70 back, right? I may not be getting those things, but, but what if for, for our generosity, you make a difference in someone's life, Right? Maybe, maybe you get an opportunity to share the gospel with them. Maybe, maybe because of your faithful generosity through City Church that people all across the world will come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Maybe because of you, you, you meet the physical needs of somebody. Maybe somebody who, who doesn't have groceries. Maybe somebody who's struggling, right, who, who's, who's trying to pay rent, all these different things. And it doesn't just have to happen here but it can happen everywhere else. You guys as a church are investing into our church plant. There are people in the city of Denver that you may never meet, that you may never know, that you may never encounter in your entire life, but because of your faithful generosity, because of your church and the heart of this church, there are people in the city of Denver who will come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because of you. So when you you give a little, you'll get a little when you give generously you'll reap generously you get back what you put in the second kind of takeaway is this if you go, if you look down so he says all this and then in verse 7 he says this he says you must decide you must decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure and God will generously provide all you need. Second takeaway is this, is that generosity is a matter of faith. So I I told you guys that I got that that job, right? First job in college. I don't know if you guys know, this was 2012, so the times were different. It was hard to find a job. I had no experience. I had no work. I had a resume that I made in Microsoft Word, and I'm just going to be honest, it did not look good whatsoever. I was amazed that anybody looked at it, and I was just putting my job like, like everywhere. Indeed was kind of like a a new-ish thing at the time, at least for me it was. And so I'm putting out resumes everywhere. I'm putting out resumes for these jobs that I know I'm not going to get. And I get a phone call. I get one phone call and it's from this company and it's called strategic fundraising. I don't even remember applying to this company. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get a job. So I go in for an interview Um, I talk with them, and literally, it's a 15-minute interview, and they're like, all right, when can you start? And I was like, man, this is easy, right? Like, why are people complaining? Well, hindsight, I learned a little bit. It was a telemarketing company. Um, You know those people that call you that... Just won't let you get off the phone. And no matter how hard you try, right? The people who just, you know, buzz, 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 all this kind of stuff, the thing that you're paying $9.99 a month to block their phone calls, right? That was me. That was what I was doing. And uh it was an election year, and so we were calling for every political candidate on both sides of the aisle, all this kind of stuff. And I realized very, very quickly two things. One, I annoy people, right? Um, like people did not want to talk on the phone. But number two, it was insane the amount of money like I mean I'm talking 5, 10, $20,000 donations because some random stranger called on the phone and said we need your help to defeat fill in your opposite political party right there right we need your support. And people would be like, oh, yeah, they're going down this year. I'm giving money, all this kind of stuff. And literally, I would be on the phone, and we would be managing these. And, you know, some people would give 5 or $10, $15, stuff like that, too. But, but I'm telling you, people would give thousands upon thousands of dollars for, for this political campaign. And I just remember thinking, man, I wish I had $10,000 to just blow like that, right? I was an 18-year-old. I was making a minimum wage all this kind of stuff. So I was that guy. So anytime a telemarketer calls, just remember, we're not all bad people, right? I only worked there for three months. I couldn't handle it. But, but with that, though, with that, it reminded me of this, that we put our money where it matters to us. We give our time where it's most important to us. We pour our resources where we think it's going to make the biggest difference in our lives. And, and right here, Paul says this. He says, hey, you have to decide... How much you are going to give in your heart? Don't give it out of pressure, or don't respond, or give reluctantly, anything like that. Generosity is a personal choice. Generosity is a personal is a personal choice. You don't have to. No one's forcing you, right? No one's making you. No one requires it of you. You don't walk into this room and they're like, "All right, swipe your credit card before you can walk in." I can tell you, there'd be a lot less people here if that was the case. That's not how that works. That's not how God says it works. He says, hey, you have to decide in your heart to give. It's a personal choice. It's a personal choice. No one one requires this of you. No one forces this upon you. It's a choice about where do you believe is your best return on investment. And as Christians, we should know or learn that our best return on investment is in the kingdom of God. Something that's going to last for all eternity. Those political candidates, they're going to come and go, right? That house, it's, well, maybe house isn't a great example because those actually have gone up a lot in value, right? But those those, those things that we buy, right, like they're not going to be here forever. You're going to get bored and tired of it. But what lasts forever, and that is the kingdom of God, Paul says right here, and God will provide all you need. So there's this idea right here. Give generously. You give generously, right, individually. You can't just say, well, City Church is giving. That's great. I love that. But he says you have to decide. That's an individual choice. It's an individual response. You decide what you should do with your time, your talents, your resources, all these different things. And he says this, he says, when you do, God will provide all you need. What does it say about us as Christ? If you're not a Christ follower in the room, I, I hope you hear that no one's asking for your money. No one's, no one's trying to pressure you or anything like that. I hope that's not, I hope you don't hear that because that's not my, my heart, but for the, for the follower of Christ in the room, what does it say when we hold on so tightly, so tightly to all of these different things? These are my things this is my house, this is my car, I earn this income, these are my resources, these are my things. And when we hold on so tightly, what we're telling God is, I know better than you, and I can do more with this than you can. And what God says is, hold open your hand, be generous. Now, hear me, God's God's not saying sell everything you own you know, go, go live like a hermit somewhere. I'm not, I'm not telling you to do that. So please, if you, if you do that this week, it's not because I told you to, okay? But what God is saying is, let go of these things. Because in the end of the day, they don't matter. It doesn't matter how much money or how little money you have. doesn't matter what car you drive, what house you live in, what job you have. These things are great things. God gives us these things to enjoy. But when we hold on to them, what we're saying is, I trust in myself. More than God and yet Paul writes right here, and he says, "Hey, God will generously provide all that you need." You know, we learn generosity first from God. The gospel is, is one of the greatest examples of generosity. for God so loved the world that He gave, that's John 3:16. that God loved the world in this way that He gave his only Son, that whoever believes in Him, will not, we'll not be eternally separated from him, but we'll have everlasting life. One of the very first things we learn about God is that he is generous and he will provide all our needs. And so Paul continues writing and he says this in verse eight, he says, then, so after you're generous, after God provides all that you need, then you will have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Don't you just love that? As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Jesus Christ. And so third takeaway is this. Your generosity will produce fruit that will bless others. Your generosity will produce fruit that will bless others. Don't you love that God right here says this? Hey, if you will be generous in your own heart, I'll provide everything you need. And I will provide so much for you, that it will bless the people around you. I don't know if you guys have ever done this before. Um, this is the best fruit analogy I could think of. I didn't bring it with me. I don't know why I'm acting like I'm holding it. But but if you ever think about it, there's some fruit that you can cut it open and you can count all the seeds in it. I can take an apple, for example, right? And I can go one, two, three, four, blah, blah, blah. But how many apples Will that seed produce? I have no idea. You can count the seeds in the apple, but you cannot count the apples in the seeds. And what that means is this, is that when you plant seeds of generosity, when you give with an open hand, when you say, God, it's not mine, it's yours, we have no idea what God can and will do with all of these things. And so I'm not saying that for $1, you bless 100 people, right? That's not what I'm saying. But what if for every act of generosity, you have no idea how many hundreds, thousands of people that you are impacting, that you are impacting. And God says, right, or Paul says in 13, verse 13, as a result, they will give glory to God. What you do today impacts tomorrow. And if you didn't know, this is called city church. And so don't, don't be ashamed of the fact that this is a church, right? And God has a mission for the church. He has a purpose for the church. And he wants to use you to make a difference. He wants to make, use you to impact the lives of other people. And so when you think about generosity, there, there may be this temptation to think, well, it's not for me. Somebody else, they're better off. They have more. They have more time. They can do more things, all of these different things. And yet, right here, it says you determine in your heart what to give. You determine how to be generous. And hear me, this is not some fluffy, like Jesus even says, listen, you're going to have trials and tribulations. You're going to go through hard times. This is not saying that your life is going to be perfect. Or your life is going to be easy. But what it's saying is that when you trust God with what he's given you, he's going to provide everything you need. The way I like to say it, is God's got you. God has got you. If you think about it, my wife is pregnant with our first child. And yeah, we're excited about that. Thank you. And I, I love kind of like, I'm going to rephrase that because that was about to sound really weird. It is so fun to like hang out with my friends who have kids and they'll ask their parents for something, right? They'll say, hey, mom, can I have this? They don't, they don't sit there and wonder where it comes from, right? How did mom and dad pay for that? They have no idea. Who, who had the resource for that? We have no idea, right? Think about it as a kid, right? Why do kids leave the lights on all the time? They don't pay for the electricity. <laughs> they don't know how much it costs, right? They don't know all these different things but they trust their parents. They feel safe and secure because they know mom and dad, they got me. My parents got me. Whoever's raising me, they got me. And I want you guys to know this is that God has got you. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to come and say, Lord, here's everything. Here's my life. Maybe, Maybe you're calling me to be generous with my money. Maybe I'm supposed to give for the first time. Maybe, maybe there's someone in my life who I know is struggling financially and maybe we're, we're called to help them. Maybe there's a way that I can serve my, my church and my community. So I'm going to give up my time and I'm going to get here at 945 for the team huddle time, right? Maybe, maybe God is calling you to go somewhere and be a part of, a, be a part of like a missions effort or something like that, right? Like maybe God would send you to a place like South Asia, to reach people with the gospel. And I know that that gets scary. I know it's scary to say, God, here's my life. Here's everything I have. My, My wife and I moved out here, and we said, God, you've called us, so here's our yes. We don't know everything that's about to happen. We don't know everything that's gonna come our way, but we're like, God's got us. God has got us. And so if you guys would, I know this is different. I'm a guest speaker, so I can get away with stuff, right? Because if you don't like it or Drake doesn't like it, he just won't invite me back here, right? Um, But if you guys would, would you take a moment, just bow your heads, close your eyes. And so um, we don't do this um, because we have to. We do this because sometimes it's just really nice to just tune out the things of this world and what the distractions around us. And so I just want to ask you guys a couple questions. Um, Our worship team is going to come up and Um, Billy's about to lead us in a time of response, but I just want to ask you guys a few questions. What is God calling you to in generosity? What is God calling you to in generosity? What does God want to do through you and your generosity to other people? I want to just remind you of what the Scripture says Remember this a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, and God will generously provide all that you need. Then you will always have everything you need and more left over to share with others. And as a result of you, your ministry, your faithfulness, your time, your service, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of of Jesus Christ. So what does God want to do through you? And so, so, so cool. It cannot be measured. It is immeasurable what God wants to do in and through your life. But it requires us to come with an open hand, saying, "Lord, here I am. Send me, use me. Everything I have is yours, God." And if you're in here this morning, maybe you're not a Christ follower. Maybe, maybe this is your first time visiting. Um, I just want to let you know that they do not talk about money every week. But I also want you to know that that we believe in a God who was first generous to us because God doesn't really need your money. He wants your heart. And he supplied us with everything we need. And that was in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. See, God sent, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will will not be separated from him. God wants a relationship with you. And he wants a relationship with you so much that he freely gives and he gave his only son. And so if you have questions about that or want to talk to someone, there are so many wonderful people here who would love to, to pray with you, to talk with you, just to answer any questions you have, not to make you feel weird or uncomfortable or awkward or anything like that. But I'm going to pray, and then as we pray, Billy's going to lead us in a time of response. So, Father, I want to come before you, God. I want to thank you for City Church Boulder. I want to thank you for the generosity that's already taking place in this room. I want to thank you for those who, who give of their time to serve here. I want to thank you for those who have given up their resources to make a difference in places like South south asia i want to thank you for those who who give so freely god is immeasurable what you want to do in and through the life of this church and lord whatever you're stirring in our hearts today may we say yes may we trust you may we obey you may we follow you may we believe in you more than ourselves and we believe that you will provide all that we need and you will make a difference in this world and in and through our lives. And we ask this through the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, amen.